1: you've got mail live
2: from joe's mom's basement it's the stacking benjamin show i'm joe's mom's neighbor doug and you know i've been spending a whole bunch of time down at the gym with my friends abraham lincoln and teddy Roosevelt because i got to get ripped so i can knock down some doors this friday but i'm going to take a break from all of that because today i'm excited to welcome our big guest senior editor and reporter at cnet bridget Carey. she'll talk this year's hottest doorbester tech deals But we'll also share a headline about a company selling some seriously overpriced goods this holiday season, and another about a guy who's apparently lied about his net worth. I don't even have to lie about my net worth because I don't even know what that phrase means. Plus, we'll throw out the Haven Lifeline to our new BFF, Kate, who owns too much company stock, and answer a letter from the mailbag. And now, two guys who think every Wednesday's a great day to put off washing dishes, Joe and O J J J J G.
0: Well, there's going to be a pile of dishes tomorrow, so we might as well wait for that one.
3: I never wash the dishes at my house. Never, children. Never, never. Well,
0: oh, that's good. You trust your you trust your dishes to a ten year old.
3: Well, you know, he dips them in the pond outside. I am
0: never eating at your house again. Hey everybody, I am Joe Salci. I Average Joe Money, on Twitter and across this wonderful, glorious day before the holiday card table. I'm surprised
3: mom lets us use this card table because doesn't she need it for the upstairs uh, you know, with all the Thanksgiving stuff?
0: For the kids' table that she makes us sit at? <laughs> yeah, well, you right? know. It
3: that, only makes sense.
0: That is the voice of OG before he cut me off. How are you, man? Ready for the holiday?
3: I am ready for my day off of football, turkey, trip to Fancoma, pumpkin pie. Are you one of these people that don't like pumpkin pie?
0: Uh, you know what? It takes me like the first four bites of it to get into it. So generally I go, no, thank you. But if I do say yes, mm, then I'm hooked.
3: Okay, so I'm going to do the first four bites for you of yours, and then you can have the rest. How's that?
0: Oh, I, lo- I love pumpkin pie. It's a fantastic thing. You know what you can have all to yourself, OG? All the...
3: Stuffing? (laughs) Stuffing is terrible, by the way.
0: All the great diversification and passive income strategies, because those are two of the most frequent questions we get on the show, isn't it? Or about those? How about an investment that combines both of those called real estate? You ever heard of Roofstock? Roofstock's online marketplace makes it easier to buy, sell, and best of all, own tenant-occupied investment properties in top rental markets across the country. Whether it's your first time or your seasoned pro, Roofstock scales with you. All of their certified properties are inspected in person, so you know they're in good condition, they have reliable tenants in place, and you can start earning monthly income right away. Roofstock even connects you with vetted local property managers, so you can separate investing from operations. They talk about that a lot, and I think uh, investing versus having a full-time job, two totally different things, OG. Yeah,
3: if you're trying to replace your income, right, you got to do a little side business. So you can either do the side business or you can have your money do the side business for you. And Roofstock's one of those ways to have your money do the side
0: business. com forward slash Roofstock to learn more about renting, home, investing, and browse exclusive listings today. We're also brought to you by Magnify Money. com forward slash Magnify Money's the place to go. You know, we were comparing interest rates recently on Magnify Money. They're up to 1.5% on Magnify money. Money. Yeah, it's about time, but holy cow, has it been a long road to get there. Big money. That's, oh, I got half an hour later. I'm like, oh, that was a joke.
3: Yes. <laughs> Thank you. Ta-da. Thank you. I'll be here all week, folks.
0: Whether it's your checking account, savings account, comparing credit cards, looking to consolidate those loans for the holiday season. By the way, don't consolidate the loan so you can take out more debt. That's a no no. Don't want to do that. Just get your problem taken care of and roar into 2018. StackyBegemans.com forward slash magnify money. We've got a fantastic show for you today. Bridget Carey from CNET back. I love I love this show. Every year, as you know, Bridget Carey comes down to the basement and shares with us what's hot in technology. And I I love hearing about it. It's so exciting. Can't
4: wait.
0: Absolutely. First, we have some headlines. So let's roar through those.
4: Hello, darlings. And now it's time for your favorite part of the show, our Stacking Benjamins Headlines.
0: First headline comes to us from Forbes. The case of Wilbur Ross's phantom $2 billion. This appears in the December issue of Forbes magazine. Fresh off a tour through Thailand, Laos, and China, United States Secretary of Commerce, Wilbur Ross Jr. picked up the phone on a Sunday afternoon to discuss something deeply personal how much money he has. Turns out, OG, that uh, another person maybe lying about their net worth might say in the past ross has told forbes that they thought he had 2.1 billion he said it was north of 3 billion turns out it's probably less than a billion dollars i don't understand that i mean i don't want to i didn't choose this for politics I chose.
3: It. <laughs> I like how you have to like say that before I can even get a word in. Edgewise.
0: I t- well, I chose this because we've seen it in sports: people lying on their resume, coaches lying on their resume. Yeah. Then I kind of get it because you want to get the job. That that dude that wanted the job with Notre Dame, you know. Um, if you want the job, maybe you got to spice up the resume a little bit and hope they don't catch you. What's the? No,
3: what? that's not the. No, that's not the moral of that story. <laughs>
0: that's not the moral.
3: No, uh, you don't spice up the resume.
0: But what I'm saying is, I don't understand about lying about your net worth. Like, why is it so important for you to be on the top ten richest people in America? Share share that with me.
3: Did you uh, Did you read through this article a little bit?
0: I did because it's disputed. I mean, yeah. Ross still disputes that there's family trust involved, and he doesn't have to disclose any of that money. And yeah. so, and so he's got it. The, the interesting part at the end of the article, though, is that the procession of people he's lied to about things like his net worth and little braggadocio uh, stuff going on here.
3: Well, the answer, I think your question lies within the article where he talks the author talks about the fact that because he's part of this billionaires club, right, he gets access to other billionaires.
0: Ah.
3: And in his career as a investment manager, basically, right? a, a fund manager. The more money that you have, the more successful you must be, right? So people want a piece of that action.
0: Man, that's so scary. I mean, I get it. If I'm an investor,
3: I'm I, worth 700 million in case anybody's listening. <laughs> joke
0: and it's, it's funny. Well, why not just say 700 billion if you're going to go there? No, I mean, because no, I don't want to be greedy. No, 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 you'll leave the other fake, fake hundreds of millions of dollars for somebody else. I can have the other fake hundreds of millions. That's very nice of you. You're, you're downright altruistic. My worry is that whenever I see somebody, I remember, I remember this mortgage guy who came to my office and was pitching me about, you know, how great his mortgage firm was and how I should recommend my clients to his firm. And he had a perfect suit and a perfect tie and a super expensive looking watch. And, uh, I immediately didn't trust him. <laughs> I'm like, you know, if you dress that perfectly, I'm sorry man, you're not for me. I don't know I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's my redneck upbringing, what the deal is there, but I see all that perfection and you and I have a friend who's a financial advisor who wants to have the biggest house, have the best car, have, you know, I mean, he Brags a lot about the fact that he's got two garages in his house, one in the front, one around the back, like a mullet garage in the back. <laughs> that, that hangs, hangs down.
3: And this is up front as is in the back.
0: And he will tell you to your face if he knows you. He will tell you, and you know exactly what I'm talking about. He will tell you to your face if he knows you that he is motivated by that status. Like that is his trigger. His trigger is looking like he's the powerful dude.
3: Well, and and I guess at the end of the day, is there anything really wrong with it
0: if you're upfront about it? If you're upfront about the fact you lied about your net worth?
3: No, no, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking oh, about being no. motivated by the. Well,
0: you know, that's why. Motivates you, right? That's why I said this guy's still a friend of mine because because he is very upfront about it. But still, I kind of trust him a little bit less. I'm like, if you've got to have a house that big, it's on the back of something. It's on the back of me. Like if I'm your client.
3: I take back what I said about it being worth seven hundred million. I live in a trailer
0: home. <laughs> See now, Not I don't back at anybody. Now I think you're the perfect asset manager. Oh, you <laughs> live in a trailer? Let me hand you, let me hand you, hand you my money. Not that there's anything wrong with living in a trailer.
3: So I, I guess at the end of the day, what you know, what do you do with this information? Uh, Forbes put him on the list, right? He BS'd everybody for all these years. I guess you have to look past when you're working with people, whether it's financial people or whatever, you have to look past that kind of facade, right?
0: Yeah, I guess we do. I, I mean, it's it's still, when it comes to money management, it comes down to your credentials. Do they work with people like you? It comes down to referrals. I mean, you're right, but respectability in your, in your playing field does have a little bit to do with it. So if Ross was getting that... And it helped his game. But, man, it, th- these lies, all it seems like they always come back, you know? What's that phrase? I don't lie because I don't have a good enough memory? It just yes, they always, they always come back to haunt you sooner or later. And it looks like, in the case of uh, Wilbur Ross, that might be the case here. Our second headline comes to us from The Guardian. How about this one, OG, as we embark on the wild and crazy holiday shopping season? Tiffany pilloried for, quote, everyday objects collection that includes a $1,000 tin can. You see this? Mm-mm. Luxury jewelry brand Tiffany Company has been mocked online over its exorbitantly priced new home collection titled Everyday Objects. So there's this, there's this tin can. We'll have a we'll have this in our show notes at Stacky Benjamin's where people can see this. A thousand dollars. And it is a tin can that looks like the wrapper, you know, Campbell soup can where the wrapper has been torn off. Except it is solid silver. Like this is apparently for the person who has absolutely everything.
3: <laughs> this is when you. This is when you want to look like you're the average one person. Of the, the, one of the people around the block. Yes. Inside your thirteen million dollar Palm Beach house, but, but look at me. I have a soup can.
0: A com soup a out. common person. Yes. Just,
3: I mean, we have soup
0: also. <laughs> Even people like us have soup. We have soup. Nine thousand dollar sterling silver ball of yarn. That's uh, hard to in fact, it's
3: built out of that. In
0: fact, it's funny. Somebody on Twitter took the $9,000 ball of yarn and the $1,000 tin can and says, look for 10000 bucks. You can make the world's stupidest tin can phone. You remember? those when you were a kid. You hooked yeah. the string up to the tin can. I could never get which, that thing. To which work.
3: sounds really grotesque, except in a family of four that just bought the iPhone X, they spent 40 or 50% of that. <laughs> It's for a couple of new iPhones but anyways
0: uh $450 walnut and silver protractor a $1500 s- set of walnut and silver building blocks that Dad, look like legos I need
3: a protractor for school and I do not want the one from target
0: everybody all the
3: other kids have the ones from target I want the one from Tiffany
0: Everybody's got the plastic one
3: Yeah I want the walnut and silver diamond encrusted one so I can protract perfectly
0: I think our lessons here are uh, thinking about uh, lying about your net worth or other important information. Stuff always comes back to bite you. Think, uh, think twice do. before doing that. And then uh, number two, got that uh, person in your life who has everything. Just blow $4,000 on some, on some silver yarn from Tiffany and they'll be happy and you'll be broke. If you're a long-time listener of The Stacking Benjamin Show, you know who our guest is today because every year we're so happy that she comes down to the basement. She is the anchor for this little company called CNET that deals in technology on the internet. And uh, Bridget Carey is somebody that I would say is one of the premier journalists, OG, when it comes to everything that's uh, going on in the marketplace in this area. I'm sure we're going to talk about everything from... Uh, 4k tvs that new xbox that just came out um where's the hotness the sonos improvements
3: nintendo's got a new deal that nintendo switch
0: yeah but that's over a year old but it's selling i mean that that baby's selling yeah that thing's selling big time but uh yeah fantastic always fun to talk to bridget Carey coming down to the basement And Bridget Carey coming down to the basement. It doesn't seem like it's been a year, Bridget.
1: Time just flies.
0: (laughs) Isn't that sad? I mean, sad and great at the same time because we're back talking tech again and it's holiday season when a bunch of stuff goes on sale. But then again, where did our year go?
1: I know. It feels... Feels a little strange, but it's always good to be back and talking about all the crazy Black Friday deals. Well,
0: let's start off with what to avoid, because I know that um, one piece that we saw on CNBC said there's a bunch of filler deals and you should probably look past those. And I think you probably agree.
1: Yeah, there's a couple of things you should keep in mind so you don't get suckered, as I like to say, because when you're on the hunt and you're in the rush of getting all the gadgets, don't go buying accessories and cables and cords for those products, because they are at full price, if not overpriced, to begin with. You could always get accessories and such later at other discounts beyond this whole holiday weekend. I like to tell people to also do their homework. If you are lost in the world of Amazon, because it can get kind of overwhelming with how much they're just pumping out with this is a deal, this is a deal. But is it really a deal, though? Because just because they put the little red Mark next to it and say, you know, the original price was this. Maybe it's already being sold for that much on its main website somewhere. So kind of check to see, all right, is this really a deal? And you can use a site called Camel, Camel, Camel. It's a very strange name, but three camels, (laughs) Camel, Camel, camel Camel.com will give you the price history of any item on Amazon if you just plug in that URL so you can see, hey, did it go down cheaper before? Then it'll probably get cheaper again. You know, so you'll have to freak out about getting it right now.
0: Oh, that's fantastic news. And you said you've seen personally some of these bundled systems, like I have an Xbox and I'm always looking at the Xbox bundles. Sometimes those aren't as great a deal as you originally think they are.
1: Yeah, the word bundle does not mean deal. It just means bundle. So you have to kind (laughs) of do the math. Sometimes it's great. Sometimes they'll like throw in a gift card and okay, that gift card can be put toward the use of a video game extra, you know, a handheld uh, set or something, you know, like a little accessory you want. I would say though, Nintendo has been advertising a Switch bundle that has the console, the Super Mario Odyssey game, which is the hot game right now, and a carrying case. And if you break down the price, it's the same as if you bought them all separately. But it's a bundle, <laughs> so, you know, some kids might, may want that bundle, but it makes a really nice gift. It doesn't mean it's a deal, though. Yeah, if you
0: want them all together, then sure, buy the bundle, but you're not getting anything off Right, right. So let's talk about the biggest deals, though. So that's what to avoid. W- which segments of the market, technology speaking, Bridget, do you think we're going to see the hot stuff offered this year?
1: Okay, well, combing through all the Black Friday ads, there's a couple of things that really stood out to me. Everyone has the Google Home Mini on sale. That's the smart speaker where you can talk to it. It's the small, cheap one. They're all selling it for like 30 bucks. Uh, some are also throwing in extra coupons and gift cards like a Target and Best Buy. They have a $10 gift card on top of it. Walmart is offering like a $25 coupon. Okay. This is another one of those do your homework moments. I think it's going to be a hot gift, but if you did your homework, you would know that earlier this year, Google announced that there was a problem with the speaker. So I'm not really surprised to see that it's on a mega sale like this on Black Friday because they had to deactivate the button controls. It's only controlled by your voice now. Uh, So maybe you won't mind controlling it with your voice. It's kind of the whole perk about it anyways. But for me- I'm gonna to look to see what Amazon's got on sale on their comparable tiny one because I rather have a button. You know, it it depends on your taste. I think the bigger,
0: deeper question for me though, Bridget, is which one of those ecosystems am I gonna like better? Do you have any insight there? Should I go with the Amazon ecosystem where I'm asking Alexa or Google Home? Is that the ecosystem I'm gonna want? Because you know, they're a technology company first.
1: Yeah, if if you have an Android, you're probably already in that Google ecosystem, and you're feeling that more because it'll work, you know, smoothly with your phone. But I'm I I'm betting on Amazon being the winner. Every time I go to the consumer electronics shows, all these companies are pairing their systems to be compatible with Alexa. And when I say all these companies, I mean the smart light bulbs, the TVs, the refrigerators. Big name companies all want to make sure that their product can somehow talk to Amazon's ecosystem and the Alexa smart control helper and, and in that case you put your money then on Amazon because they seem to be the one that's winning. So, you know, does one look cooler? Yeah, I think Google's Home looks a little cooler, a little more snazzy, and Apple's kind of going on that with their smart one, but you know how how good is Siri to talk to compared to the usefulness of Alexa? I think right now Alexa's winning the game.
0: Yeah. But what other deals jump out at you, Bridget?
1: Um, seeing a lot of last year's tech that's still very good tech on sale. There is last year's Roku, I saw that on sale, along with uh, some Beats headphones. Also, you know, after all these years, we always talked every Black Friday about those fitness bands, right? It's one of those gifts that you know, hey, someone likes to run, and that's a good gift, maybe. <laughs> um, one of the best reviewed ones at CNET is the Fitbit Alta HR. And we're seeing that right now going for $100, so you're saving $50 off the price. These things don't typically go on sale. So I think if you're in the market for one of those running trackers for your wrist, this is the time to get it because it doesn't normally go on sale. The Vivo Fit Junior 2, that's one I think is going to be hot for kids. It's actually a fitness tracker that has all those Disney characters from Star Wars to the Avengers to Mickey Mouse and Minnie Mouse. It's got a little color screen on it, so it kind of gamifies active movement for people who are, like, teenagers and younger. I I want it, and I'm a (laughs) 30-year-old adult (laughs) because I want BB-8 to tell me I'm not running enough. Maybe then I'll actually get outside. Best Buy has that one on sale, too, as as a Thursday doorbuster. Wow.
0: And I want to ask because every, I'm seeing televisions all over the place, TV, TV, TV. Is this the year that I go buy my 4K TV?
1: Yeah. And I'm seeing a lot of deals on 4K TVs that have Roku's built into them in terms of like being able to stream. So, you know, it is a pretty sweet year for, you know, getting something that is kind of future-proofing, having more 4K in your TV and the prices are about, you know, $150 or even less than that. So not too shabby. Um, I think when it comes to TVs, though, online, we see them go so fast on Amazon, whether it's Black Friday or Thursday of Thanksgiving or Cyber Monday. I feel like there's a lot of disappointment when it comes to television <laughs> because the quantities are so limited. But hey, if you can snag one, go
0: for it. When it comes to the you mentioned the Nintendo Switch. OG just recently was talking about oh, this new Nintendo has this new video game system out. It's been out for quite a while, but it seems like this Nintendo Switch is finally into the, I don't know, into the collective consciousness of it all that Nintendo never got with their last game system.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, it's only been out for a year, and yet it's already on pace to outsell the Wii U, which was just a flop for Nintendo in terms of being memorable and really wanted by a lot of fans. So this is the hot, hard-to-get console, uh, even though it's been out earlier in the year. Normally, these consoles come out in time for the holidays. So they've had some time to kind of warm up people to the idea. And this whole this whole Super Mario Odyssey is such a wild game. That, that's what's really driving a lot of the buzz. Everyone wants to have that Mario game, too, with it. So if you give the Switch and you don't give the Mario game, you're going to disappoint a kid or two. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but the harder edge gamers, you know, they always discount the Nintendo product, as you know, Bridget. They're looking at Xbox versus uh, PlayStation. Xbox with a new system out. What do you think there?
1: Well, the Xbox does have that new X Ultra system for people who really care about having, you know, top-of-the-line graphics for 4K. I'm going to say that this there's not going to find a deal on that. I mean, when it comes to Black Friday, the S is the one that has all the sales. Uh, looks like between bundles and so, you're saving maybe about $80, $90 at different stores from what I see in my notes here. Um, everyone's got like a gift card or, or a little something else to, to throw in, so do your math there, but for the most part... The Xbox one's saving you about $90. Uh, The PlayStation, that one's also saving about $100 at different stores.
0: Gotcha. When it comes to music, what do we have there?
1: You know... Not seeing a lot in terms of specific music-related uh, sales other than everyone's talking about the smart speakers and being able to stream what you have already on your phone and what you already do. So a lot of focus on uh, Amazon smart speaker, a lot of focus on the Google Home. You know, if the Google Home Mini and it's really attractive $30 price isn't what you want because of it not having touch controls, I'm seeing sales on Google Home's Last year model, which does have touch controls and voice controls. oh, So, um, like I said, you don't have to go with the brand new model to have, you know, the best gift. Sometimes last year's model is still perfectly good, still does all the things, but for the most part... I have a feeling that these uh, voice-controlled speakers are what everyone's really kind of going towards. It was it was a trend last year, and it's still continuing to trend, especially when Amazon has so many of them now this year, more than last year.
0: Yeah, I have a Sonos system, and I saw in October they went to voice controls, and I thought that was kind of reactionary.
1: Oh, yeah, you have to have voice controls now to be relevant, right? Uh, right. I, I mean, uh, everyone's kind of just expecting it as part of the deal. I This year I got to, to test out some interesting home Ah, uh, smart home robots and smart home control systems, and they're like, oh, look how, look what they do, and everyone's just expecting a bare minimum now, based on what Amazon came out with years ago. You know, oh, can I tell it to remind me to do something? Can I ask it, you know, basic questions? And we're at this point where if you can't talk to your speaker then you're irrelevant.
0: (laughs) Right, right. I can't be opening, you know, how many apps to control my music. I mean, my thumb would get really sore, Bridget. That'd be horrible. (laughs) Let's talk smart home, though, because I love this area. And like you said, testing some of that, what's what's sexy there?
1: Well, with the smart home... Not everything goes on sale, but sometimes Black Friday, you you get a product that never goes on sale. Uh, the Nest Thermostat Best Buy is knocking $50 off, it's, so it's only going to be $200. A lot of items like smart light bulbs, I'm not seeing a lot of sales on that stuff. So,
0: But do you like that technology? Do you like the smart light bulb system?
1: I think we're getting to the point where people are getting more used to playing around with it. And light bulbs are your first step in, you know, maybe controlling a light switch, controlling a lamp, controlling a light. That's your first step. Now that you've had your Amazon Echo for a year, well, what can I do with it? What kind of tricks can I do with it? And so we're seeing people get more comfortable with uh, trying out, you know, the light systems. I think there's a problem though in the whole ecosystem where some systems work with others and not this and not that. And you you may just go to Home Depot, pick up a light bulb and realize it's not compatible at all with what you have. So earlier you were asking me, what's the smart home, you know, assistant that really works. I think the Amazon has created something that works with so many devices that people are kind of gravitating toward that because not every smart home product works with all the different things, but a lot of them do work with that Amazon Echo and Alexa. So I feel like because of that, they're winning this race right now. And I mean, I, I went through this a couple of years ago. I, I had a couple of systems that were different hubs, some, some from Samsung, some from other companies, and the light bulb worked with one and not another. It's confusing. It can turn you off as a consumer. And I think. If you keep it simple, and I think we're starting to get things a little more simple, then people are starting to experiment more and try try other things. I'm I'm a fan of those smart garage door openers because you know it's one of those things growing up that like oh wait did we did we close the garage when we left and oh my gosh I forgot you know it's like those those things make more sense maybe than the smart toaster right now.
0: I didn't even know that that was the thing smart garage door opener that makes a ton of sense.
1: Yeah, I think people are a little hesitant to do the whole smart front door opener. And being able to see, all right, can my dog walker get in without me being there? Can I have a camera on there to, to, to see when my kid comes home from school? Amazon got a little bit of, uh, you know, flack for having their system where a person could just drop off a delivery without you being home because of their smart lock. Right. Fee. You know, so people are a little hesitant, like, I don't know if I want everyone to come into my house, but it is kind of neat to have that control from afar if you're trustworthy. <laughs>
0: And your personal favorite piece of tech this year, Bridget, what's Bridget Carey going to buy this year?
1: You know, I was thinking this might be the year I might get a drone because I'm thinking, you know, there's a DJI Spark drone that's $100 off at Best Buy. Is this the time I play with a drone? I'm a little hesitant, but I think think I'm going to get started, though, with the GoPro. There's a new GoPro Hero 5, or or rather it's last year's model that's on sale now. Uh, So the new thing is that it's discounted, you know, these, these gadgets tend to be a little bit more expensive if you're not like always filming something, but I have a kid at home. I might be a little more apt to uh, play around, you know, now that when things go on sale, I'm just a little more tempted.
0: (laughs) I love this idea though, that you bring up about last year's models. I mean, looking at last year's model, there's nothing wrong with it. And if you go to CNET and you check it out and look at the review, you know, if the reviews are good, why you don't need the new hot thing.
1: Yeah. And it's not just the random gadgets. I mean, stuff that Apple makes, this is when it goes on sale. You know, they have their iPads and, and their MacBooks. You know, you never see sales on those things. And this is the time to get that too. And it might be slightly old, but still does everything you want it to do.
0: Awesome. What's happening at CNET? What do you crazy kids got going on over there? Cause it's, it's never a dull moment for you.
1: <laughs> no, it's always something. Let's see. I ate food in virtual reality the other
0: day. <laughs> of course, uh, on, of course, uh, you uh, did.
1: Uh, yeah, like a uh, uh, cruise ships, or we're working <laughs> on adding new tech to uh, to to make your experience a little different. And like, what if you had a big headset on and you had three bites of food in front of you, and the headset was, you know, telling me to pick up the food and it was a glowing orb, but reality, it was a chef who put something down in front of me, just masked, right? And I could see my hands virtually in front of me. And those, those kinds of things are kind of cool and how they're trying to spice up vacation tech. And, and there's other, there's always something weird I'm, I'm playing with around here. Too. Aside from VR, um, do you remember Teddy Ruxpin? I was playing around with that also. at have <laughs> seen Yeah, he's back. You know, sometimes with tech, we talk about all the gadgets, but there's a lot of toy tech that uh, I've been kind of unboxing and seeing all the robots that are coming for our children. I feel like there's a trend that has changed in tech and toys. And many years ago, we saw all these toys go, hey, get your mom and dad's iPad and iPhone and have it sync up with the toy. And parents are just tired of giving their kids screens. And now all the tech and toys is like making that old toy you love come to life. And That's why I think we're seeing the comeback of Teddy Ruxpin. Also, there's My Little Ponies, that respond to your touch and move. And there's little robots now for your finger. The hot thing, have you heard of these fingerlings? They're just like $15, but they're like monkey robots for your finger. So everything is robotics in some regard. Sometimes it teaches you how to program. Sometimes it's just a fun way to bring your toy to life. And I'm kind of liking the fact that it's not everything's with a screen.
0: Yeah, no, me too. But I'm still just stuck on virtual food. I think you get done with that test and you're just starving because you can't really eat any of it.
1: It was a three-minute tasting experience, which was, like, fun. Obviously, you're not going to have a four-course meal. <laughs> I'm trying to poke with a fork, and, and my wine spilling everywhere. I'm trying to get it into my mouth. Yeah, that, that, that's not sexy. That, that That's not great for, for vacation. But it certainly is. It was, like, a, a venture in not knowing what you're eating and trying to taste it all. And whenever I put the food in my mouth, the scenery and music around me changed and transformed. So, I definitely thought it was a hoot.
0: I can imagine being in Tuscany virtually today instead of the basement. Bridget Bridget Carey, thanks for hanging out.
1: Thanks. Good to talk to you. Hey there, tech trivia
2: lovers. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug. And isn't all this new tech talk with Bridget Carey exciting? Well, not to upstage our distinguished guest, but Joe's mom's gonna squeal because I've been eyeing holiday gifts on Craigslist and I just found this hot score. Get this, it's an amazing Commodore 64 computer. What does a computer like that even go for? Like 10 grand or 20 grand? I don't know, but she's gonna be able to run at least three different apps on that bad boy. Here's a question about apps. On another platform cryptically called iOS what was the top selling paid app of last year I'll be back with the answer and hopefully some deals on computer tapes floppy disks and punch cards in just a moment
0: I right, raise your hand you drive an extra five minutes in traffic to save just a few pennies at the gas pump. Well, when's the last time you spent five minutes trying to save on the big things like auto loans? Lucky for you, we brought in Nick Clements from Magnify Money with a few tips on saving money. If you find yourself financing a car.
3: If you're buying a new car, there's really no better deal than the 0% financing that would be offered by the manufacturer. The issue really starts to happen if you don't qualify for the manufacturer's financing or you're buying a used car. And in those cases, I, I think it's very good idea to always shop online and get a low rate before you walk onto the lot. Uh, chances are high that the dealer will beat it, but if you don't walk onto the lot with a low rate to begin with, you know you won't get the best deal.
0: Thanks, Nick. More than just auto loans, Magnify Money's the perfect spot for reviewing just how well or not your checking and savings accounts are performing. You might just decide to switch banks. And guess what? Why stick with just one bank at all when you can use magnifymoney.com to always find best-in-class stuff. stackybenjamins.com forward slash Magnify Money. Average person saves $450 in interest when they go there. stackybenjamins.com forward slash Money. And I got some great news from Roofstock, adding this at the last possible second, because I just heard about it. If you're looking to become a property investor in 2017, you could take advantage of Roofstock's end-of-year promotion and check that item off your bucket list. Right now, close on any Roofstock property by December 31st of this year, and they'll credit the half percent marketplace transaction fee back to you. Think about how much money that could be back in your pocket. So whether you're looking for strong appreciation, higher yield, or rent guaranteed, great neighborhoods or rentals in a particular market, Roofstock makes it easy to find and own the investment property that's right for you. Remember, on average, homes take 30 to 40 days to close, so you want to get this moving right now. StackingBenjamins.com forward slash Roofstock for more.
2: Hey there, trivia nerds. I'm back with your big time tech trivia answer. Here was the question. With all this tech talk on the iOS platform, what was the top selling paid app of last year? The answer, if you guessed the popular game, heads up, you'd be right. Heads up, for those of you not tech savvy enough like me to have Googled the answer by now, is a game where each player generates a word on their phone and without looking at it, they put the phone up on their head. Then players give each other clues until someone guesses which word they have on their own phone. I used to play a similar game called Guess That Smell with my older brothers, but never seemed like there was ever a winner. Speaking of winner, looks like I'm winning this auction for this hot Commodore 64 to give to Joe's mom at just $2.72. I shouldn't even talk about it out loud because the second the world finds out this baby's on sale, price is going to skyrocket like OG's temperature every time someone says the word bonds. See ya!
0: We can see how up you are on year-old technology.
4: (laughs) Yeah,
3: apparently. When I mentioned the Nintendo a few minutes ago, you're like, oh, yeah, that was brand new, exactly like 13 (laughs) months ago. But way to stay on top of uh, trends.
0: Thanks to Bridget Carey for coming down to the basement again. So exciting this time of year. Are are you buying any new hot technology?
3: Probably not, actually.
0: No, I'm skipping a year this year. I'm not going to do it.
3: I can't say that I'm not going to. I I almost got suckered into a new iPhone because I was watching the ad on Apple.com, and I was
0: like, oh, it's pretty sweet. You could feel the gravitational pull. Yeah. The Apple tractor beam, like in Star Wars, coming to get you.
3: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I'm sucked Um, in,
0: Mrs. OG. I can't get out. My wallet's coming out of my pants, and I can't do anything about it.
3: And then I saw the, uh, (laughs) you said something else. (laughs) Whoa. (laughs) Like, easy, cowboy. Anyways, I have no idea where I was going with that.
0: My mind went immediately into the gutter. Yeah, that's not good. Hey, let's throw out the Haven Lifeline and tackle some of Life's or rather Life Insurance's most important questions. Our friends at the Haven Life Insurance Agency, they've been spearheading innovation within the life insurance industry by focusing on those two things you value most, OG, a oh. 4K TV and an Xbox X.
3: There you go.
0: How about your family and your time? It's why they created, but your family clustered around the 4K TV playing on the Xbox X, Right. It's why they created a high quality and most importantly, affordable life term life insurance policy issued by Mass Mutual. You can purchase entirely online. No need to wait several weeks for a decision. No siree. You can get one instantly with Haven Life. Head to stackybenchmans.com forward slash Haven Life now to learn about life insurance the modern way. I also like over there at Haven Life the way that you can run projections of how much insurance you need most insurance projection things out there on the internet, I think are horrible. I actually like Haven Life's. But right now we like this question we got from our new friend, Kate. Say hello, Kate.
4: Hi, Joe and OG. This is Kate from Newport, Rhode Island. I can't thank you enough for your podcast. I love stacking Benjamins. It's uh, inspired me to be a much better personal finance manager for myself. I think she's
0: got the wrong show.
4: That's so valuable. Thank you. I have a huge quantity of GE stock. I inherited a small amount back about 30 years ago. It split, I, did, I reinvested dividends and it just turned into this kind of monster. I have so much of this stupid stock, oh, 3,589 shares. It was a great performer up until 2008. Then everything went upside down. It kind of climbed back up a little bit, but it's never gotten as good as it was. And it just kind of has been dumping down, going down. In the last year and i just i've known for a long time that i needed to sort of divest from it and, and reinvest that money into my more diversified position and i just have been afraid of moving forward with that i don't know when to do it or how to do it what's a good strategy any advice you have would be really helpful same thing with the cygna stock it's a bunch better performer so i'm pretty happy with it but i still know that it's not really the safest to have so much dominating stock in one portfolio. So thank you again so much for your podcast and any advice you have would be appreciated. Thanks.
0: Thanks for the question, Kate. And OG, oh, I love Kate's candor there about yeah. she, she knows she's got to do it, but she's afraid to do it. And I can tell you personally, I've, I've seen that from so many people, Kate, you're not alone. They're like, I'm, I'm not, sh-, you know, I don't want to do the wrong thing. I got a lot of shares of this and and how do I not screw it up?
3: Right. And at this point, with so many, so many shares in one specific company or maybe two, it sounds like the wrong thing is really easy to do because you're so concentrated in two specific companies, right? This is the way that I think about it, and, and hopefully this resonates with you. I have two boys at home and a baby she's not much a baby anymore, more of a toddler, but on occasion, my boys rough house a little bit. And, uh, you know, one of them ends up with a cut or an injury of some kind. And, you know, it's a scratch and you got to put this, you know, huge bandaid on it. And then there comes a time when it's time to take the bandaid off. Right. I hate taking band-aids off. I hate taking them off myself, but there's two ways to do it fast and slow. And if you do it slow, you know, it pulls your hair on your arm and, and it's painful. Two types of pain in life, slow pain and fast pain. Or you can go, hey, what's that over there, kids? And they go, what's that? You go, yank. And they go, ow. And it's over. Fast pain, okay? Sell it. Diversify it. Go to sleep easy tonight. That simple.
0: If you don't want to go that way, which, by the way, is the right way, but behavior, OG, is – a tough thing. I'll tell you a story that that a horrible trainer told me my first year. You had these people training you. When you're in financial services, a lot of the people that train people are people that weren't good enough to succeed themselves. So instead <laughs> because if you succeed in financial services, you keep doing it. If you don't, you try to hold on to your career by training other people. Learn that lesson, by the way. And, and that's not to say all oh, don't write me. If you're somebody that trains people in financial services, you you're the unicorn who's really good, but <laughs> but but there were a lot of these people and this one guy told me he said when you recommend a mutual fund and it goes down what you're going to find and this happened all the time 6 months later the client walks in and goes this thing's a bunch of crap this thing's absolutely horrible and oh
3: yeah murphy's law is is, is going to affect you both ways on this
0: and you transition. know you know as a financial advisor that it had nothing to do with the fund. It had to do with that particular market, right? That piece of the portfolio, the entire market there went down. And I said, well, you got to train your, your, I got to train my client about this, about whatever. He goes, no, 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 You sell the fund immediately. What are you talking about? That's like the worst thing to do. You're selling it low. He goes, listen, the client's either going to get rid of the fund or they're going to get rid of you. And so I'm all for getting rid of the fund. Because you're the, you're the person that takes action. Yeah, you're right. I thought the same thing. This fund sucks, so let's get rid of it. Like, are you flipping kidding me? It was so bad. But that is behavior, OG. And I think that there is a middle ground, Kate. If you're, if you're the person who's going to worry about you did the wrong thing afterwards, set yourself a plan to sell it maybe over a year and sell a quarter of it, a quarter of it, a quarter of it, a quarter of it. Do not deviate from that plan. I've seen people set up this plan, OG, and then they get to the They'll first quarter sale. Work. They, they get to the first quarter sale they're like, oh, let's just sell half of that. Let's sell a little bit less. Let's hang on. I think the market's going to – look at all these articles that say that never the market's going to going to work this.
3: for all that exact same reason. But listen, you're going to have definitely Murphy's Law affect you. If you sell it today, tomorrow you'll wake up and GE will make an announcement that they're – you know, taking over the universe and the stock is going to go from 20 bucks a share to 25. And you go, son of a gun, I wish I would have kept it another day. If you don't sell it today, then tomorrow they're going to announce the same thing, only they're not taking over the universe. They're only taking over half and it's going to go from $20 to 15. I mean, it's just Murphy's law. No matter which way you pick, you're going to pick wrong in the real short term. But it's not about the short term stuff. It's about long term and sleeping better and having all of your money or a lot of your money tied up in one or two different stocks is a recipe for disaster. And you will be much more comfortable if you uh, get rid of it, rebalance appropriately, and, uh, and be done with it.
0: That sounds horrible, but I think that is the best way to handle it. Just go in assuming you're going to make the wrong decision. It's going to be wrong. Yep. Go in assuming that, and you know what? In the short term. It'll be wrong in the short term. Right. And it, yeah. Yeah. Good point there. Yeah. Because Kate already knows over the long-term, OG, that what you're saying is exactly correct. You can hear it in her voice when she asks the question.
3: Well, I mean, not to kind of put too fine a point on it here, but as a, for instance, over the last five years, GE stock is down about 5%. She knows this, right? Also, over the last five years, the S&P 500 is up 82%. So, you know, you can make the wrong choice in a short window here, but I think over the long-term, diversification is going to win.
0: Thanks for the question, Kate. If you'd like us to throw out the Haven Lifeline to you, uh, head to stackingbenjamins.com, and there's a spot where it says questions. Doug just brought down the mail, OG. Mail the last day before Thanksgiving. This is my favorite piece of mail. It comes to us from Megan. Megan says, how do you get started as a financial planner? I've been trying to research licensing requirements and entry-level jobs, but Google seems to think a CFP and a financial advisor are the same thing. And in my understanding, they're not. I... Went through the interview process with several, quote, big-name brokerages to become a financial advisor and dropped out, deciding that particular career path is not for me. I'm much more interested in helping low-middle-class average Americans make smart decisions with their money as opposed to helping, quote, high-net-worth individuals, as I feel that is the demographic that most desperately needs the help. I have a useless undergrad degree, stupid millennials. (laughs) she says. <laughs> and an MBA with a specialization in finance. Other than that, I have no experience in the field or licenses and cannot seem to find any financial planner company training programs like those offered for financial advisors. Can you point me in a direction to get started? Thanks for the question, Megan. I'll say OG and I both made different transitions. We both started off, Megan, with those big name companies. And then OG, and like a lot of my friends, moved out of that. Of course, after 16 years in the business, I moved out and decided that, uh, becoming a podcaster was more fun for me. But I think maybe Megan's looking for maybe a RIA firm, a registered investment advisor, OG, where she finds one who's maybe older in their career and is looking for somebody to to take under their wing.
3: There's a number of resources here. And I think one of the things to really pay attention to initially is financial advising is less about advising in the first five years of your work and more about learning how to sell and market. As grotesque as that sounds, it really will determine whether or not you're successful in your advising business. I mean, it really boils down to, you have the greatest message in the world, but if nobody hears it, you know, you're not gonna be in business for very long. A couple of great places for kind of learning the business, if you will, I like the website, New Planner Recruiting. So that's kind of run by Michael Kitzes and his compadres over there. There's generally a handful of, of advising positions throughout the country available on there. I check there from time to time. If you're looking for something specific in your area, what you said, Joe, looking for an independent advisory firm, and really what you're trying to do is kind of start it on the ground floor, right? And say, I don't even know how to do financial planning, let alone how to do it for wealthy people or up and coming people or whatever. I don't even know what buttons to push, right? So you're kind of starting in that paraplanner role. That's what I'd be looking for. If you're confident that you want to just kind of hit the ground running and go, I know my market, I can market to them. And all I have to do is figure out how to actually do a plan. Another great resource is the XY Planning Network. I think the website's xypn.com. And uh, that's a, a consortium of, of advisors that serve Generation X and Generation Y clients or at least have some part of their business that focus on that. And there'll be a lot of resources there as well in terms of, you know, what licenses are required in what states and that sort of thing.
0: Yeah, good stuff. You know, and and that said, when you talk about it being a marketing job, I totally agree that uh, learning how to market is a huge differentiator between people that succeed and people that don't. You and I just spent some time with David Bach and we got to watch David Bach in action I'll say David Bach knows what he's talking about. Smooth. He's a flipping marketer, man. Smooth. That guy. That guy could totally market.
3: Oh, did I mention I have a book coming out on January oh,
0: 7th? Hey. Yeah, it was the ninth, by the way. But yes, correct. Uh, he But it didn't sound salesy. It well, what's funny is I think it did sound salesy, but when people say salesy, they think of salesy and slimy. Like I thought it sounded like he was selling. But he was selling the way that people want to buy. And I think that when you when you really master selling, people don't really people don't care that you're selling because you're doing it in a way that I think has a true like we're always buying, right? Let's say that Megan does become a financial planner. Even when she's not, quote, in selling mode, she's still gotta sell people on the fact that the plan she's helped them put together is the one that's gonna work enough that they're gonna be motivated to continue using it if they're not quote sold, they're not going to go anywhere. So we're always we're always selling. But but for that reason I was going to bring up that the training that that I received with a big firm, although I just told a story about how horrible one of my first year experiences have been and over the years I've told lots of those stories, I still think that that experience in that quote research really That's helped structure. me yeah, it really helped me get it. It helped me get a lot of what was what was happening. It, had I had it to do over again, I would say I should have had a more long-term plan like Megan might have. Megan might start with one of those firms. You and I know these people. They'd start with one of these big firms because they knew they had a great training program. And then they'd go do their own thing after a couple of years. Yeah. And they yeah. thought about it like, you know, service to learn the business. So mm-hmm. maybe Megan, you take a longer view. Thanks for the question. You got a question for the show? We're actually shorter on letters now than we are on Haven Lifeline voicemails. So, uh, but send me Maybe we'll do a voicemail. How cool would that episode. be? All voicemail episode. Uh, com. Hit the questions tab and you'll see right there how to ask us a question. Thanks to everybody who's also reviewed this show. It is great with the holidays coming up. We know there's a lot of new people who are trying out their new technology. Like uh, Bridget mentioned, there's going to be a lot of new people with some new. New phones going, I wonder what this podcast thing's all about. Guess what? You can help them learn what the Stacky Benjamin Show is and isn't. Probably not the Dave Ramsey Show. (laughs) Maybe. Might be. Might be a little different. Uh, This one is going on Mom's Fridge. It's a five-star review from RevMW. says, listen to this podcast. Love the mix of topics, guests, and witty banter. You guys make my commute fly by. My only concern is what my fellow drivers think when they see me crack it up. Thanks to Joe OG, Greg, Paula, Len, and the other panelists for teaching me nothing. Doug, be careful at the sizzler. I wish he was more careful. We worry about Doug. But thank you very much for that and uh, going on the refrigerator upstairs. Speaking of upstairs, we kind of joked about washing the dishes, OG. We should probably help mom out because she's got a big old dinner to prepare. All right, everybody. If you're in the United States, have a great Thanksgiving tomorrow. If you're elsewhere, have a phenomenal Thursday tomorrow. See you back here on Friday with our All Board Games episode. Go stack some Benjamins. Bye-bye. So, kids, what did we learn today? First,
2: about that hot tech? Take some advice from Bridget Carey. If you're looking for a great deal, your best bet might be to look at last year's deals first. They'll be less expensive and maybe better tested. Second, hoping for a really expensive gift for that friend who has everything? Maybe a gold-plated can from Tiffany is perfect. But the big lesson... Always bid low on hot tech like this Commodore 64 I scored for Joe's mom. I just got it for under 3 bucks because apparently millennials don't even know what a Commodore 64 is. Wow, next I could go grab an, a television game system and some k 8-track tapes. Dude, there's a whole world of nerd gifts waiting out there just beyond 1990. Special thanks to Bridget Carey from CNET for joining us. You'll find out more from Bridget every day over on the CNET YouTube channel or at CNET.com. This show was created by Joe Salcihai, produced by Richie Rudder-Reese, and engineered by the amazing Steve Stewart. Kathleen Selmans handles design, newsletter, and classroom opportunities. If you'd like to learn more, head to stackingbenjamins.com forward slash classes. Online, visit us on Twitter at at SBenjamin'sCast or on our Facebook page. Shannon Cowan is our community manager and social media guru. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug, and I'm wondering if KY Jelly is actually made in Kentucky. SB Podcasts may receive payment on the show from sponsors and guests in the form of books, giveaway items, discounts, or other remuneration. There's no way you would take advice from these dorks, but like Joe's mom always says, don't take advice from people you don't know. This show is for entertainment purposes only, and before making any financial moves, consult with a real financial advisor. Thanks, too, to my brotato chips down at the gym for handing me that awesome protein shake at the end of my workout. My biceps are huge. Who's ready to go bust down some doors with me on Friday?
0: Welcome to the After Show. This is the part of the podcast that doesn't exist. We don't talk about the After Show. We don't mention it. We don't link to stuff we talk about. In fact, a lot of time, we don't even talk about money. You know, one of the things about uh, Thanksgiving is that my old team, the Detroit Lions, play football every year on Thanksgiving. If if I told you about my uncle, (laughs) my uncle, who, like back in 1977, Thanksgiving we're having dinner at their house, all my aunts and uncles, my cousins, and we're all watching the lions. And if you're a Detroit- Did you say
3: back in 1977?
0: 1977, 1977.
3: Okay. Yeah. I can't remember back that far.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I lost most people in 1977, didn't I? <laughs> yeah. I lost three quarters so, of our audience. Yeah, but yeah. but my uncle, my uncle Eddie-
3: They had TVs back then? Anyway. Well,
0: like, well, they did have the rabbit ears. And you know, oh, yeah. you had to click, 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 click. And if it was- They if, don't
3: even know what you're talking about, dude. <laughs>
0: <laughs> What's a rabbit ear? Uh, what the yeah. this
3: got to do with TVs?
0: Yeah, so uh, the Lions... So you're are, watching the Lions game. Lions are getting their butt kicked like they... Uh, on your 4K TV. Have over then, the... Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. Probably not that. Bridget, on DVR. Bridget, like commercials. Bridget, Bridget Carey would be like, oh, cute. old time technology. So uh, we are watching the game, and at halftime, Lions are getting killed. And my uncle gets up out of the room and walks away. And it's maybe around the year 2000. Another uncle passes away, and I drive back into the Kalamazoo area where I grew up. And my uncle's there, and I walk over to him, and we're having a discussion. In fact, I I told this on our Money Tree podcast, where I'm a contributor, that uh, he and I were discussing stocks, and. Uh, the stock market in 2000 had started going down. And I said to him, I said something about, wow, the stock market's been. He's like, how's work? I'm like, oh, being a financial planner is not pretty right now. The stock market's going down. I'm sure you noticed it with your 401k. And my uncle turned to me and goes, yeah, I never got involved with that. I got my pension. And uh, wasn't good. Was, was not pretty. Obviously, wasn't pretty with stocks either, but I would have rather had something saved than, than have nothing. But anyway, so that conversation, as you can imagine, got awkward talking stocks in the falling stock market at my other uncle's funeral. And so I'm wondering what else to talk about. So I go, how about those Detroit Lions? This is what, 23 years later. And my my uncle kind of looks at me and goes, uh, how are they doing? And I said, what, 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 you're not watching? You're not watching the Lions? He goes, no, no, I haven't watched him in a while. And we start talking a little bit. That day in 1977, when my uncle got up and left the room at halftime because he was so upset about how bad the lines were doing, he'd left OG and he never went back. <laughs> And, and I thought about, even as I watched the Lions this year find new ways to lose football games, These incre- they they find the most incredible ways to lose football games, like the the early season game they had this year when they had to run 10 seconds off the clock, and so they didn't even get a flipping chance to run. They're on the one yard line. They don't even get a chance to go in and score. Yep. Game over. Yeah. Never seen them lose that way. Like you thought the Lions had lost every way possible. Nope. But I think about the... Countless hours I've wasted watching the Detroit Lions, listening to the Detroit Lions. My uncle, like, it's like adding years to his life by not following them all that time. And yet, you know what's going to happen tomorrow?
3: He's not going to watch the Lions.
0: And I'm going to do it. I'm yeah. totally going to watch the game again. Oh, it drives me crazy. And I can't. It's
3: all right. They're doing okay this year.
0: Yeah. I can't stay away. Yeah. They're so frustrating, though. How do you get beat by the Saints and then you just kill the Packers? I don't know. Aaron Rodgers isn't playing. Good point. That helps. But uh, all of our non-sports fans are like, can we end this? They're not even listening anymore. (laughs) Like, like, please, let's not have an after show about the Detroit Lions. Yeah. You know what's going to happen? You're going to have two listeners to this show who are talking to each other. And one guy's going to say, you know... Uh, how about those after shows on Stacky Benjamins? The other guys like, yeah. Back in uh, 2017, I walked away from my <laughs> walked away from my device before the after show. That show show's
3: still going on? Is it any good?
0: And there'll be somebody else who go, I've wasted so much time waiting for them to talk about something material on the after show, and they still, they still haven't done it.
4: Sorry. I have to eat a lot of pumpkin pie. Mm. Can I go now? Let's go. See ya.